Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially our boy, Mario Sami. Whoop, whoop. My name is Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Luke. And hello to the listeners, but mostly hello to all the fans of the Dolphins uh, team of the Japanese B-League basketball team um, in Aichi, because that's my fucking team. They're my guys. And guess who else loves that team? Doki. Of course he does. He was in the uh, he was in the in the arena as well. Like I hope he so. Was. Yes, I I did I like uh, photoshopped him in. So I know a lot of juniors aren't around now because it's G1 season, but I see show every show. I see Bushi every show, and I'm just like Taco every show. I'm like I want Doki, but then I think to myself, wait, if Doki was here, he'd be losing every time. No, don't worry about it, Doki. You, you, you're good doing what you're doing. You go after El Lindemann, mate. That he's baby. Ha- okay. Yeah, he's having adventures and gleet. He's having a gleet time. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So just so you know, everyone, we do swear on this podcast. And since I haven't done it in the opening couple of minutes, you don't know that yet. Holy shit. Oh, they know. They heard Juice Robinson swearing. <laughs> ah, yes, that's true. And uh, if anyone wants to interact or contact us, they can. We're on the uh, on the Tweety. At, at Never Open Pod, I'm there as well, at Grumpy2EB, and Mr. Guy is also there, at Drusifer Tweets. If you want to send us a written or voice email, neveropenpod at gmail.com. And if you want to look never as fuck, you can visit our Teespring store. Do it. So yeah, there's all the, uh, holy shit, professionalism is my job, god damn it. Feeling pretty good today. I've uh, got two pretty interesting shows to talk about and i'm very excited and uh there's some uh, interesting news as well miss andy do you uh do you want to do you want to mention it or should i well why don't you mention yeah go ahead man you're good all right so my 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 theory is and i think i've mentioned this on the show is that uh forbidden door happens and it's supposed to be just new japan versus aw well i don't know there's a mix in some matches doesn't matter it's a crossover show. And in the middle of this crossover show, boom, there's a women's match. And, oh, New Japan's like, oh, people expect this stuff. So we had that announcement a little while ago that they would uh, put stardom ladies in uh, matches on American shows and things like that. But not only that, they've taken another step. It, they're, they're kind of baby steps, but I'm just glad that they're taking steps because they announced this week. I was really happy when you sent me this link, Miss Dandy. I was like, fuck, Yes. They announced the IWGP women's title. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty big deal. I think it's awesome. Still baby steps, but, you know, 
well, as long as, long as they take taking those steps, I'm happy. I, I don't know that we'll see that title before the November show. Maybe that's where it'll debut, but like maybe not. Maybe it's something they'll start working on right now, and and it'll you know because we don't know. Um, you know, this kind of leads into our next news thing is is that you know some of these shows that they they announced a million shows. Remember that day they were like the New Japan's like, oh, by the way, we're having five billion shows. Here's all of them, and I don't remember all of them. And some of them were United States shows. So I have a feeling they have a bunch of those lined up, and maybe maybe that's where that title will debut. But they also had uh, something called Music City Mayhem, uh, I guess, on Saturday night, which is last night. And um, this had some interesting things happen on it. Like, um, you know, it had some bullshit strong matches and stuff. But, like, there was an MLW National Open Weight title match, and that was Rocky Romero lost to Davey Richards in his first defense. That's weird. Do you mean, um, like, are you talking about Davey Richards, the, the ex killer elite yeah. squad dude yeah the wolf no the wolf oh okay oh yeah, yeah. all right yeah him. oh it's david boy smith sorry yeah that, that's a different guy and and they're like they're they look a lot different by the way luke yeah, um, I <laughs> so i'm having my first all, coffee shut up okay so then fred <laughs> rosser defended his his strong title and he lost the big demo who was killian dane you know, after I looked it up after last episode, he's he lost his title already. WWE. No, he defended it against kill against Tick oh. Demo. I'm begging you to listen to me. So right. that, that happened. And then uh, a little kind of like, you know, extra match since what Jay saw at that, whatever that other show was, High Alert, they had the triple threat. This one was Hiromu Takahashi in a singles match versus Blake Christian. Obviously, he won. Uh, and then they had uh, Cash Wheeler and they had FTR with Alex Zane and Alex Zane, excuse me, versus Aussie Open and TJP. That was probably incredible. And Alex Zane got pinned. So, um, oh, that's by the, and, uh, and the, but this is kind of, there's two matches that are kind of most important matches of the night. For me, anyway, Kushida faced Alex Shelley, which is pretty cool. Nice. And they did, they did a time limit draw, which was probably awesome. So that's the, and uh, and then the main event was an actual like, I, I well I guess it wasn't a title match. It was John Moxley versus El Desperado in an ODQ match, and they did like all kinds of bleeding. They did the bleeding, and Desperado lost, of course. But right. that's kind of neat. So maybe on a show like this, they'll start throwing on some of these stardom matches. We'll see. Yeah, and if you want to hear something funny, Mister Guy, I'm watching uh, Dynamite last week. And it opens with a match between Moxley and Roosh. And I swear to God, there was a world record of bleeding. <laughs> Moxley was bleeding in less than two minutes. I'm like, come on, man. You don't need to do that every time. Like, we know you're a badass and all this kind of stuff. You look, stop bleeding. It's his favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, Luke, we also have a very weird show going on right now, um, and it is the Ric Flair last time he's going to wrestle match thing. And so that's on tonight, and I don't know why, but Ren Narita wrestled Yuya Uemura in a match, and I'm assuming that neither one of them won, but I don't know. We just don't know. No, we, we don't know. But uh, by the time everyone listens to this, people will be like, yeah, we know who won and all this kind of stuff. But We don't care. No. 
oh, apparently, yeah, there was a WWE show yesterday. It was really good. And I'm like, I mean, we, and you and I are just having a big old laugh because they're like, oh, wow, you're using talent that you've had for years? Wow, no shit. What a novel concept. Oh, well, congratulations. And that's enough I'll talk about them because I'd rather talk about the motherfucking G1 Climax 32. <laughs> <laughs> man it's crazy i didn't realize that the japanese dude knew how to do such a good like american accent but he's really good at that when he says he's, 32 he's fantastic he can only do the american accent when he says 32 i know he practiced but, uh, he did. <laughs> yes he did oh my goodness and uh all right so let's let's get to it then man like uh the G1 Climax, night eight. We're in the HE Dolphin Arena. I'll mention it yeah! right in case I forget. But uh, Al Fantasmo will be commentating the second half of this show. And uh, I also want to point out <laughs> Global, New Japan Global, tweets out, we're, we're at we're at blah, blah, blah tonight. And we're starting off with eight-man action. And I'm looking at this fucking TV. And I'm like, then I retweet it. And I'm like, uh. No, that's wrong, dude. Because mm-hmm. we start off with uh, Kosai Fujita and Ryohai Iwa versus Sho and Yujiro. They deleted that tweety. Uh, of course they did. But uh, it did make me chuckle. So uh, take that, Global. Professionalism is my job, not yours. I wonder who does that. And it's probably someone who is confused because, I mean, they retweeted my let's go dickheads tweet. Like, <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. Maybe Whoever confused. they are, they're a fan of the Big Lebowski because uh, <laughs> I did get a, a retweet over, over something like that. That's night two, everyone. But we do start with uh, a couple of young lions. Of course, they're fighting House of Torture again. It's short and quick. Like, that's both these nights with the tag matches. Like, they're flying through them because I think everyone, they realize that everyone's just like, can we just get to the Firex factory? And, uh, yeah, so uh, I do like that. Uh, you know, I do like seeing the House of Torture boys get brabs put on them. It always makes me laugh. And I'm a House of Torture fan, but, you know, I'm also into seeing heels get their comeuppance sometimes. So that was funny. But, you know, they mostly get their asses kicked. And how does this match end? Oh, yeah, Show wins all of these. All of them. If there's a match with Show in it, he's going to win. And he does with an armbar on Fujita. Yeah, well, the fans win, too, because watching show wrestle is a win for everybody. So, um, But, uh, yeah, everyone is sure hustling is. to the ring. So, like, you know, on – Go, go, go! They, they do it on night two as well, and it's really funny. So next we got Jado and Tamatanga versus Kenta and ELP. And so Kenta and ELP are the, one of the few exceptions to hustle into the ring because they walk out. They see some fans that have these like homemade signs that are Kenta and ELP. So they grab them. And like, I don't, I mean, this is like comedic timing and it's perfection. It was just amazing because they both at the same time look at the signs, turn them around. On the other side, there's LIJ people and they're like, you know, they they multi-purpose the signs and they're like, fuck off. They're all mad. So they throw the signs away and that comes back on night two. That was great. Really fun. Um there's all kinds of reversals and iris rips, apparently. Uh, ELP does the choke push-ups on the outside. I love that. <laughs> when you choke a dude and do a push-up, that's really funny. There's heat on Tamatanga, and Jado performs his awful hot tag, where he, like, does a hot tag, but then, like, doesn't 
to do any moves. And then there's a sudden death to Jado, and ELP gets the win. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that push-up spot. It was fucking hilarious. And next we've got uh, Takataichi and Lance Archer versus Aradonaro. Excuse me, I'm going to go off. <coughs> Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay. This is also super short. My favorite part of this match. I know we're a little warm to him now. Not 100%, but we're getting there. But uh, even still, it tickled me seeing Archer just knock the fuck out of Osprey. And he just, like, pancakes it on the mat. I thought that was pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, Ultima on Takamichi Noku, of course. Yeah, that's not much to say about that, huh? <laughs> well, uh, the next match is uh, the triumphant return to the podcast of Evil Dick, and it's versus Bushi and Naito, and they take turns beating each other up at first. That's great, and you know because they, you know why they're doing it? It's because they hate each other. That's why. And uh, Evil chokes Bushi with a T-shirt. Oh my God, that's illegal. And Naito gets in, and he runs wild on Evil. They fight, and Togo eventually gets tagged in with Bushi, and Bushi's about to dive, but he gets tripped by Evil and a Fisherman Buster, and there's the garage shenanigans, and Naito saves Bushi, and they do cool tag moves on Dick, MX for the win. Uh, Bushi pins Dick Togo of Evil Dick. Yes, he does. And uh, next we have Team Bishamon, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriano, and Kazuchika Okada. Versus Gato, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Rockard, and Switchblade, Jay White. I do like seeing uh, Jay and Juice fucking with the crowd, with cheers and stuff like that, and also, while simultaneously insulting uh, Okada at the same time. Uh, I, and my, I think my favorite spot of this match must have been Fale's getting the chaos drums done on him, and he does that, you know, that big man spot where he's, the, the big man's getting piled on, and then he just goes, Rah! and everyone flies back. I did like seeing the Chaos Drums yeah. broken up like that. <laughs> this is like this OG is... Chaos, too, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's been a while since it's just been, like, the yeah, just OG Chaos guys, because there might be some Hontai guys mixed in and all this other kind of stuff. But no, it was cool stuff, and we have a... Roll up on Gato by Ayano, of course. Of course we do. Yeah, and then, well, after the match, they all get beat down by Bullet Club, too. You know, because that's how it works. But, uh, Luke, are you ready to get into the G1 32? Excuse me, 32! And, and this is when we start. This is the last night of four matches. After tonight, it's five matches every motherfucking night, bitch! <laughs> yes oh my goodness let's do it we start with d-block action it is david finley versus uh shingo takaki and i'm i'm gonna say i'm like this one started maybe a little 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 little, little, little slow for me but that doesn't last too long this match gets really good pretty quick it's really hard hitting and awesome and I do like, like, there's some novel ways some moves get put on in this move, in this move, in this match. Like, uh, I, I just see Shigo hitting, hitting one of the most amazing Noshigamis I've ever seen. Like, uh, Finley tries to do some kind of maybe stunner thing or something off the uh, middle rope. And uh, Shingo's like, nah, I got this. Boom, Noshigami. 
that was freaking amazing. And it's like uh, Shingo is targeting uh, uh, Finley's neck a few times. I thought he was going to break his fucking neck, actually. So uh, Finley bumping like a madman and uh, doing doing pretty good. I like it when someone bumps for Shingo, as Shingo might bump for you. So always appreciate that. Now, it's a, it's a really good match. Cool match, lots of reversals and things like that. And I'm sitting in a uh, sense of false sense of security. I'm like, all right, Finley got the big match win previously. He won his match against Juice. And I'm like, I'm ready for a smashing with Shingo. And then boom, Finley kind of like rolls Shingo up. And holy shit, we have a surprise win here. David Finley on two, uh, four, sorry, Shingo on two. I thought this was a really cool starting match. Good stuff. What do you think? This is a really good match, and the ending makes it better. You know, like, on its own, it's good. So this is our first taste of ELP on commentary, and Kevin Kelly asks him what his uh, favorite Finley is. And you think he's going to say Bogan Finley, but he doesn't. He says Hornswoggle, which is the correct answer. So there's that. And uh, But this is a really cool inner tournament story that we got going on here so finley beat juice he took that title right so he brings that title to the ring with him for this match and he's talking shit to the camera he wins this match right which sets him up to be strong going into his next match versus the real champion the real holder of that belt will osprey really cool so that makes will look great because will's probably going to win that match you know what I mean? And that makes Finley look great to be this really, you know, go strong going into him. And if not, if he doesn't beat him, that's okay. He had a great story in the tournament. I think this is really, really like smart booking and ah, I'm, I'm all about it. This is good shit. Oh yeah. I really, I'm really liking this. Uh, and it, it kind of depresses me in a way and not, nothing to do with the United States title, but I do like that there's this mini story in the G1 about the United States title, which depresses me because I'm like, where's my never open title? God damn it. Why can't it be in here so I can get another mini story with my favorite belt? Yeah. Let's just go into A-block action now with uh, Jonah Hex. You got me saying it now. And Filthy Tom Lawler. Yeah, it's, it's definitely his name. So... This is, I thought this was solid. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say I, I super loved it or anything, but it was a solid match. <clears throat> Lola is trying to outmaneuver Jonah and, uh, and all that. But they go to the outside, and as Tom runs around the ring to clobber him, Jonah just does does just does his tackle, and he goes, and uh, Tom just goes flying into the ropes, and then uh, Jonah sends him flying over the railing as well. Tom just tries to work over the leg. You know, you got to chop down the chop down the tree of the big man, right? You got to chop him down. And I know he does. He's done this a few times now. He does it in this match, but it looks pretty cool on a big guy. He does that uh, move where he's on the mat, and then he kind of does this back roll into a single legged brab. I like that move. And <laughs> uh, but uh, Jonah is just too powerful. I have a criticism about. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll mention it more in a minute. Uh, there's this big splash called. They've named it the torpedo by Jonah onto Tom, and I will mention that uh, Filthy Tom does this uh, cool fucking urinagi as well. I really like that. But one thing I'll say is, I thought Filthy Tom Lawler was a heel. I know he's got all this martial arts, MMA background, all this kind of jazz, but I thought on Strong he was a heel. 
So yes, he can do all these great moves and shit, but where's like the underhanded tactics? Like, why are you poking this motherfucker in the eye? Why aren't you like distracting the ref or doing something? Where's Royce Isaacs to help anything? You're in the valley of the giants, dude. You got to use any and anything to be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking beat these giant motherfuckers, and he isn't, which is. Weirdly, weirdly surprising for me. I, I know it's the G1 and he probably just wants to, you know, do G1 stuff because he's in the G1. But still, I guess that's that's it. What do you think? Well, what you say about him is interesting because, yeah, he's on commentary on night two and he's like 100 percent babyface on commentary, like 100 percent, you know, and it's like he's actually more just like he's not Tom Lawler, the character. He's like Tom Lawler, the guy. And it's kind of yeah. weird at first. But uh you know, he kind of is asked about his tournament so far, and he's like, yeah, well, not going the way I wanted it to go, you know, so it's, you know, but he, I don't, he's babyface in this match situationally, but he's been babyface in a lot of the matches situationally, because, you know, the whole thing where we've seen him wrestle Jonah, Hex, and turn and tag matches like five times now, and he's been the heel. Oh, my one. God. He's, yeah, man, fantastic in this match though i mean like, he does a great job it's just i don't care that much about this match it doesn't have the like you know i want to see what jonah can do i am still waiting to see you know any like what is tom lawler i don't know what what does what's filthy about him he wears jeans i, I don't feel like gimmick aside i feel like tom lawler's in the wrong block and I, I'm not taking anything away from him because he's a short guy versus big dudes, but I feel like if you wanted to h- fully showcase and highlight his skills, obviously the Akata match is going to do that. But, you know, uh, what if he was in uh, blocks with, like, you know, Taiji, Greg, Kanto, all these kind of guys, uh, people more his size, just so we can get a good feeling of him showcasing his, his skill set on guys like that. Because <clears throat> everyone... It doesn't matter what skill set you have if you're not, if, you know, if you're up against a super heavyweight, that kind of you know, all goes out the window because you've got to do different tactics and shit to kind of get the big men off their feet. So I don't know. I, I want to like him, loved him on commentary, loved his backstage comment after this match. I don't know if you saw it. Like, I want more of that, Lawler. But yeah, it's just, it's just strange to me. Okay. What yeah. after the after the match ELP gives uh, Jonah Hex a hamburger, and Jonah Hex look he was great in this match too. I just I don't know. I'm still I'm still there's something missing, you know. Maybe they're both in the wrong block. I don't know, but uh, I don't think so. Look, Jonah was also on zero points when this match started, so somebody had to win this match. So you know, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll get some Lawler wins eventually, but I, I think that. Maybe. Man, he's the he was the strong openweight champion for a year, and now he's jobbed out his first two matches. Like that's fucking bizarre to me, dude. That's like weird. I'm not, I'm not saying Pauly. he needs to win the block, but you know. Oh yeah. Uh, well, let's move on. We got a B block match. It is <sighs> Sonata versus the Great Okan. All hail. Let's start with you, Mr. Andy. What did you think of Sonata versus the Great Okan? Well, I got full play-by-play on this match, so here we go. This is awesome. I love this. So we got Great Okan at the beginning. You know, as Sonata's coming to the ring, Great Okan won't face him. 
nope, won't look at you. And they do badass mat wrestling. Lots of it. And then they do some more. <laughs> they do so much. Sonata has to use a rope break after a long knee bar from Great Ocon. Uh, Sonata gets a springboard drop kick in the plancha and points at his ear. And ELP theorizes that Sonata can't hear very well. Good He's one, deaf. ELP. Never heard that one before on our mm -hmm. show years ago. Fucker. Many times. Uh, so, you know, it's a claw. But Sonata gets a drop kick only to run right into a pump kick from Great Ocon. Great Ocon attacks the face. And Sonata answers with a drop kick uh, only to run into a lariat this time. Mongolian chops. Great Ocon challenges Sonata and no sells Sonata forearms. And there's Mongolian chops, but Sonata won't go down. He won't go down. The third Mongolian chop knocks him down, but it's there's the accidental low blow thing where he kicks Ocon in the balls. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so funny and the o'connor roll for two i thought it was all over right there thank goodness it wasn't uh there's a sweet rolling elbow and a tko from sonata and sonata is actually making facial expression expressions throughout this match and like selling and like being more care like being more like character like or whatever you call that than i've he has more charisma in this match than any i've ever seen it's incredible so. more of this sonata yeah yeah, so there's a moonsault, but the knees are up. It's a double down, though, because it hurts Great Ocon's knee, too. And Great Ocon hits a really bad-looking backbreaker, uh, and he gets the sheet killer. Sonata pulls the hair and has skull end, but it's sheet killer again. But Sonata flips over using the ropes and locks in skull end, and that was super cool. Uh, there's the claw on Sonata's eye. Yeah, fuck his eye up. And using the red shoes as a distraction, Great Ocon hits... Um, uh, the right jab right to his face and that was really great that's some good timing shit uh great Ocon hits a second rope moonsault and it's like the vader moonsault where it's kind of off to the side a little bit but it's like oh good job buddy i love that uh pop-up tko and a moonsault great Ocon kicks out at 3.1111 and sonata wins i love the match and it was probably fairly long, and I didn't even notice. Like, I lost track of time. I was in a whole other world watching this. I loved it. What do you think? All right. So, I do like this match a lot. I know. Fox Sonata, he's annoying. Like, he always beats guys that I want to see win more. But I think my frustration is I waited ages to see the great Okan in this year's G1, and he loses his first match. And... Now I've seen him lose his second match, and I'm just a little frustrated because I, it's no secret, we both love the fucking Great Okan. I know there's plenty of time to fucking do something major with him. I know. But I want it now. I want to see him rack up some big wins. I know he beat Naito once. I know he's had some big wins here and there. But I want more. I mean, he hasn't beaten Tanahashi. Fucking Hanare has. Like, what? What? Like, I want to see some big things from Great Khan, and it's just a, a little frustrating that I had to wait so long for his matches, and then I had to wait so long for him just to lose. It's That's my frustration, and, I, I've, and I'll, I'll mention that, uh, some of that a little more. But look, I'm not shitting on the G1. I like it. I just have some points I want to make, and I'll probably make them uh, after we've covered both shows. Don't worry. I'm not going to shit on anything. Just, just little things. This is great. I really love the mat wrestling at the start because it's not that super – it's not doesn't seem choreographed in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't mind if they do all the, the mat stuff where they sweep the leg, 
the guy flips up, all that kind of stuff, and then they they look at each other and it's like, whoa, you know, I like that. This this is just them kind of roughhousing, like on the mat. And after that portion of the match is done, you look near um, Sonata's eye, like he must have been grazed by like Greater Khan's boot or elbow or something because he's got a graze there. I was like, man, that was rough as guts. And I love that. I love it when Greater Khan does that kind of stuff. Uh, and Sonata is also great at mat wrestling. So that was just heaven for me. This was a really cool match. I wish it went the other way. But, you know, yeah, it didn't. Sonata at four. And it's going to pay me to say this. The Greater Khan at zero. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. He's a tag team guy, man. That's what he is right now. And, uh, you know, that's where he finds success is in the tag team division. So, you know, at this point, that's kind of what he is. And I'm hoping that that is something he breaks away from. But at this time, the amount of success he's had coming from where he comes from, you know, on the the path that he came from. I don't know, man. I think he's got to be pretty happy with where he's at. He, I mean, like his spot is safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he gets oh, hurt, definitely. he's coming back. And he's like, you know, like, he doesn't have to worry about his spot at all, which is a very good thing. That's not – not everybody can say that. Not only that, he's having – he's having bangers with New Japan's already established top guys. Of course. So, you know, he's not going anywhere. I know. I know. But I want it now. God oh, damn it. Yeah. Now, 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 now. I feel like – Do you uh, want to Oompa Loompa now? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I do feel like we're going to stop there. But let's let's do it. We're standing here at our C block match. It is our main event. It is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. And let me throw to you again. What do you think of this match? Oh, man. All right. Well, so this is a lot like the last match. But instead of the last one being more like shoot style, like amateur wrestling, this one is like pro wrestling, you know? So, you know, LSJ on his way down the ramp, he's yelling at everybody that has like anything that has his, his name on it or something like that. Cause he says he doesn't get any royalties from it. And that sounds like Lex, Lexus Montez. So um, they do, uh, <laughs> they do all this like mat wrestling stuff, but it's pro wrestling holds instead of like shoot amateur stuff, which, you know, there's some of that, but it's mostly pro wrestling. Tanahashi, he gets sick of getting schooled though, and just starts punching Zach in the ribs. And it's like, hey, you know what? You're not supposed to do that. He does the neck twister thing. He is a Canadian, or but the, there's a Canadian dragon screw from Zach Saber Jr. and an arm bar in the ropes, which is also Canadian style. It's fuck your <laughs> arm, Tanahashi. So Zach Saber Jr. hits great kicks and just like evil looking arm home holds that are like, ow. The crowd is oohing and on as Zach moves from hold to hold. And they they like struggle for a Cobra twist for a real long time. And then they kind of like hop around. That's really funny. But then Dragon Screw from Tanahashi, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Somersault Senton right onto the ribs. And he tries a sling blade, but Zach Saber Jr. counters and grabs some arm bar. But once he gets it in fully, Tanahashi has his foot on the ropes. And the timing on that was like fucking bonkers good. I don't know how they could have timed that any better. It was like as soon as Zach got the arm bar in fully, Tanahashi had scooted 
just side it's like the ropes to get his foot on at that exact second incredible uh that kind of stuff is underrated and uh, they hit stiff strikes and all kinds of arm bar attempts from Zack Sabre Jr. We get a road break spot. And Tanahashi is, <laughs> he's kicking, what does it say? He's kicking back legs right and left. I don't know what that means. He's doing that. Zack counters the twist and, uh, all oh, the twist and shout and uh, puts a front face lock on Tanahashi. And there's a Zack driver, but no, Tanahashi gets his own Zack driver. What an asshole. And there's a sling blade for two. Tanahashi goes for the high fly flow, but Zack Sabre Jr. rolls through and gets this unique fish out of water spot. Tanahashi just gets leveraged long enough for the pin. And Zack Sabre Jr. has his arm under the ropes. Uh, there's like a little powwow. It's almost like they kind of botch the finish or something like that. But this match is fucking awesome. And I don't know if it was better than the one right before it, but like, Gravitas wise, it definitely was, you know, but it sucks that Zack Sabre Jr. lost. But at the same time, Tanahashi, he's a sneaky bastard. And like, that's the, that's kind of the, you know, story of his G1 this year is all of his wins that he'll get will be from like, not from brute strength, not from high fly flows. It's going to be from sneaky shit. Asshole. Yeah. He's stealing shit. He's also stealing sneaky style off, uh, like Romero, I, there's one move <clears throat> you didn't mention, but I do love it. It's the Dragon Screw Arm Whip, <laughs> which Zack Sabre Jr. does onto Tanahashi. This match is great, but I felt like almost like this was kind of like a Noah finish because when Tanahashi rolled him up, I was like, oh, his arm's near the ropes. Ref's going to see that, and we, we're going to get maybe another minute or two, and, and then the match is going to end. Oh, it ended there. And I was just like, really, What? That felt extremely – I felt anticlimactic from that. You got real bit. mad. Yeah, I didn't like it. I was hungover that day as well. So, But, you know, it was, it was a good match, I, but I I didn't like the, the finish too much. And I'm not against Tanahashi winning. It, I, I love me some Tanahashi and, I, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to shit on that at all, but I just wish the, uh, the finish – was a little better. Maybe it's because it's Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi. I expected a better finish uh, because they're absolutely like god tier level wrestlers. But you know, it didn't happen. So other than that, it it was it was a good night of wrestling. I know I wasn't as up on it as I was on other nights, and that's fine. Some nights I'm gonna absolutely fucking vibe and click with and be like. Yeah, and other nights I'm not going to vibe with it as much, and that's fine. That's wrestling. You can't love everything, I guess. Well, and, is that uh, how opinions work. Thank you. Sorry, <clears throat> I said, is that how opinions work? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there it is. It's a pretty solid night of wrestling, though, so I can't complain too much. Uh, I wasn't completely upset or anything, but, but so it's fine. And you know, everyone everyone needs to remember that uh, my my Tweety handle is Grumpy too. So uh, sometimes a grump's going to grump. Do they but, even uh, know what our Twitter, Twitter handle is? Because, man, uh, fucking ghost town yeah. on Twitter, guys. What's going on here? Come on. Well, I will say out. it's practically a ghost town. But I also want to give a shout-out to a Mr. Price, who is almost always on the Tweety. And he might not always uh, write, re write replies to us. He does sometimes. But uh, it's mostly just like clicking the, the like button and all that kind of stuff. And I was thinking to myself, he's always up. See, Aussie. Oh, he's from New Zealand, so you know he probably he's probably watching this around the same time I am. So shout out to you. Uh, at least at least you're awake, Mr. Price. Thank you. 
Uh, but I will say, uh, last night, I, d- I also expected a bit of a ghost town. And uh, there was a few more people on the tweeting. You know, not, not, not a huge amount, but there was enough people to interact with. It was fine. Dude, the show started at 3 a.m. for yeah. me. I was not happy. That's some bullshit time. <laughs> I, I, I was I like, expected- I got so you didn't tweet you that much, and uh, it, that's fair enough. It's really early, and you're just like social interactions on the Twitter. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So we talked quite a bit on the on the Facebooks, and like I was waiting at any moment to like write write something to you, and then like get no reply, and then be me being like, all right, he must have fallen asleep. But that did not happen. Oh. See, yeah, something doesn't matter what time you wake up or what time the wrestling's on. Sometimes if a, if a wrestling match, a wrestling show's good. It's going to be uh, better than a cup of coffee because it's going to wake you the fuck up and you're going to get into it. So I was really happy. Oh, I was and so I, woken and, up. I, I was really happy and, and appreciative that you managed to make it through the whole show. So thank you very much for that, Mr. Andy. So we are just going to jump in uh, with night nine. We're at the Dolphin Arena still. I will say that uh, we've already mentioned it, but yes, Tom Lawler will be the commentator uh, with Kevin Kelly for the second half of the uh, the show and let's uh let's kick things off with uh Ryoha Iwa, Tamihiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Sho, El Fantasmo, Yajiro Takahashi and Kenta. This was fine. It's super short. Everyone's like flat out and working fast. It's like watching a junior match that only gets like seven minutes. You know what I mean? So yep. they're gonna just gonna do like Full ball, get all your shit in, you can get out, which I feel like that's what this match was. Uh, I do like seeing uh, uh, Iwa put Sho in a brab and then Tanahashi and Goto just drop kicking right in the face. You know he's not tapping out to the uh, to the young lion, but I do like that they actually put that there and you think, ooh, maybe. So uh, I always like when that happens. Uh, also, Goto makes Tanahashi run like a jerk, but I, Someone's in the corner and they're you know they're all doing that spot where one wrestler Irish whips everyone into the corner. The whole like, train, yeah. Yeah, the whole train spot. <laughs> and he makes Tanahashi run like a jerk. But uh, how do you think this match uh, ends? Would it be with an arm bar again? Uh, so show wins again. I wouldn't mind if they just mixed up who won these. But hey, I don't mind them keeping show strong too because I like him. You know what I also like? That uh, show is all on all these shows, and his ex-tag team partner is on none of them. <clears throat> well, he was Except on commentary, commentary and putting people to sleep on it. Yeah, it's probably true. That that match had a couple neat things happen, too. At the very beginning, ELP and Kenta walked down the ring to the ring, and those same fans that had the double-sided signs the night before, they only have single-sided signs this time, and they grab them, and they look at the other side, and it's empty, and they're like, oh, very good, very good. (laughs) It's just awesome. And Kenta is mesmerized with Goto's fishing pole, and he tries to take it at the end of the match, and Goto reacts violently, which is just inappropriate. It's my pole! So uh, your favorite reoccurring match, we get Team Filthy versus the Mighty Don't Wrestle Anywhere, but here against Team Filthy. And uh, (laughs) um, the ref, I did, uh, here's something that I don't know if we've talked about before, but it's really cool. And sometimes they catch it on camera, sometimes they don't, is that when Jonah gets in the ring, like the camera bounces on the apron, right? And when that happens, 
the ring announcer and the ref sell like like the fucking ring shaking. <laughs> it's it's really good. They got it perfect this time, and it was like the timing was really good. It was funny. I always it's like Star Trek selling. Yeah, you know, it is Star Trek selling. Get hit by selling and nothing's Absolutely. moving, but everyone on the ship's still like, whoa. Yeah. Red alert. Great <laughs> <laughs> uh, shield. All power to phases. Oh, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, uh, so I really like that. That's cool. Lawler and Tito do mat wrestling, and it's awesome. This match is really good. Uh, the match is pretty good. That's what it says. It's really hard hitting and very Japanese. This match is very Japanese in the style. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, these guys have spent a lot more time with Shibata than I have. So they probably know what a good Japanese match is. And uh, they do, it turns out. And um, Tito and Royce Isaacs are kind of featured in this match, though. They look amazing. They both do all kinds of cool shit. But in the end, it's Powerbomb and Jonah pins Isaacs for the win. Pin. Yep. Was I annoyed that this was the fourth or fifth time this fucking match happened? Yes. Is it the best one that these four men have had together? Also, yes. <laughs> That's very good. I love this match. And next we have uh, Jado, David Finley, and Tamatonga versus Aaron Hanare, Great Khan, and Will Ospreay. Will is really Will is really pissed at Finley, but I'm like, well, Finley didn't steal the belt, dude. Uh, it was the other guy. But uh, look, uh, I'm not sure I mentioned it in the Shingo match or, or the other Finley match that he had, but he's got this move that I really like, one of my favorite Switchblade moves. He does this really big, deep Uranagi. And uh, Finley does a Uranagi backbreaker. I really like that move. It's pretty damn sweet. So if I haven't mentioned that before, I'm mentioning it now. It's fucking cool. This is yeah. a fun match. As we've already mentioned, the whole mini US title story is amazing. And I'm also loving it because that means Will Ospreay's not winning the G1. <laughs> Probably not. Well, you know, he's already got fucking two titles. Does Rev Pro do any shows anymore? They do. It's just we they don't advertise in places where we see and you know, I don't know. I'm not gonna I watched a Rev Pro match that was uh Pac versus Shota Umino and it was fine. Yeah. Um, did uh, you notice you... uh in the in this match though, Luke, that Finley didn't bring the title with him and he was like, I'm not bringing not. it out here for this. He's like, yeah, that fucker will steal it from me. <laughs> That's funny. That's right. So I feel like uh, Osprey might get it back in the match that he has. With exactly. So, That'll uh, wrap that whole thing up, you know? Yep. And it also, also, if you think this would end any other way, you haven't been watching these tag matches because Ultima on Jado for the win. Yeah, hopefully Finley will get a, a King of Pro Wrestling uh, shot too in the future since he beat Shingo. Ooh, and I uh, at one point during the next match, uh, Kevin Kelly mentions uh, that the uh, they're get, they're making a new trophy. So I guess they needed the old one or something, and that's why we can't, you know, make like, it a like little Ta dragon trophy. That would be cool. It's Tanahashi's, you know, got his uh, he's he's welding and he's got his hammer and his anvil and shit, and he but you know he's got to wrestle too, so it's taking a while. So anyway, um, all right, so the next match is uh, Taka Michinoku and the Dangerous Techers, who are known as Taka and the Techers versus L.I.J., Bushi, Sonata, and Shingo. Bushi's mask says Monster Heat on it. 
She's like, okay, man, I guess so. Uh, Zack Saber Jr.'s all pissed off since he got ripped off. And he's, I, I think when he has something to complain about, it, it's almost like he's too happy about the fact that he wants to complain about it. I love it because you can tell he's like, awesome, I got something to bitch about. <laughs> he's like, Tanahashi, you cheeky bastard. You're such a, and he's all smiling. He like loves say, saying all that shit. It's really funny. Taichi won't let Shingo get in the ring for some reason. I don't know why. And, and uh, that's when we learn about the new trophy. Uh, we got all kinds of pecs getting popped, you know. And, you know, it's funny because, like. I'm pretty sure it was a bicep off this time. I'm getting there, yeah. Uh, oh, Taichi yeah. challenges Sonata to an arm off. And he offers his <laughs> hand. He's like, he, like, loses, you know, obviously. And he offers his hand in respect. But it's just a ruse, you know. So there's a heat, heat on Bushi. And Shingo runs wild and gets in after it with uh oh Shingo wrestles himself according to my notes but I think that's uh I think that's with uh with uh, Zack Saber Jr. but uh, it's awesome Shingo and Taka also do tremendous pro wrestling uh and uh, they do this fun thing where they're like I love any time in wrestling where they have the thing where it's like in a movie where somebody's about to stab someone but they got their arms and you get this close up of and they're you know struggling over a knife like they always do that with like you know, an eye poke or, you know, the ring, <laughs> you know, ring hammer or something like that. And so they do it in this match with an eye poke and it's really funny. I love that. Um, so, but you know, it turns out pumping bombers, all you need to pin Taka Michinoku. I do like that. Uh, Shingo does make Taka poke his own eyes out. Stop poking yourself. Stop poking yourself. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let's get down to it with a block action. We got five uh, matches, five matches, baby. <laughs> Jeff Cobb, Versus Lance Archer. And holy shit. Speaking of like that junior style where you've only got seven minutes. Get out there and fucking do everything. <laughs> fucking hell. Jeff Cobb versus Archer. Archer, like, he does this cannonball. Like, okay, all right. So Cobb's on the outside and Archer will do this thing where he runs off across the apron and do a cannonball. And I'm like, nah, that's not a cannonball. That's like someone actually picked up the whole cannon and threw it at someone. So <laughs> I thought this match was awesome. No slowing down, all action, choke slams, spin cycles, drop kicks, fucking high flying shit from both men. I'm like, what is going on here? This is amazing. And then like Jeff Cobb, oh my goodness. This is near the end of the match. German suplex dodges Lance Archer because Lance Archer, big man, he gets back up. German suplex. Lance Archer gets up a little slower again. Another German suplex. And I'm like, I love you, Jeff Cobb. Because, you know, you, quick way to my heart, awesome suplexes. <laughs> Especially German suplexes. They're so awesome. And then he does one of the gnarliest, super biggest tour of the islands you've ever seen. Jeff Cobb on four, Lance Archer on two. This was total nonstop action. <laughs> I really like this match. It's a great opener. What do you think? This is, like you said, it's 100 miles an hour. It's funny. Okay, so remember when we saw Jeff Cobb versus Shingo? We were like, oh, that's a Shingo match. You know, 100 miles an hour type of deal. Well, maybe it's not just a Shingo match. Maybe that's a Cobb thing, too. Because when he wrestles Okada and it's like that, you know, he wrestles at Lance Archer here and it's definitely like that. This is really fast-paced and they do, like, 
you know, they run the ropes and do leapfrogs and drop downs and shit like that. They do a lot of like yeah. standard pro wrestling stuff that we've always talked about how awesome it is and such a spectacle to see giant people do. You know, the fact that like, you know, <laughs> that he hits the, you know, his finish on him to win. And it's just like, I mean, so I guess he's going to hit all the big guys with the tour of the islands, right? Every single one of them. He's got to oh, hit them all. I mean, that's, it's like po- Pokemon. That'd be great. When he does it to a giant, that's not a tour of the islands. That's a tour of the countries. <laughs> okay. A country's island of the Black Forest. So, so, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the like all the athletic shit was just like amazing. You know, I didn't mind Lance Archer's uh, refusal to sell because there was no time to sell in this match anyway, really. So there was a really cool deal where they're on the outside and Lance Archer kind of pounces Jeff Cobb like up into the ropes and the, and he like bounces off and hits a choke slam. And that was really cool. There's neat little stuff like that. Cobb is uh Cobb is pretty special, man. Cause not only can he be the giant, you know, the Ichiban Kaiju or whatever he's calling himself and, you know, and be the like slow plotting killer, but he can be like the junior guy that's bumping around for the giant guy. You know, yeah. this is like an L. Lindemann match. That's what this is like. You know, it's crazy. So it was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed this a lot. And, um, you know, this is probably this is my favorite Lance Archer match so far. Here we are. Agreed. Uh, I'm not as down on him as you are, but fuck, this was a great match. Yeah. So let's, let's oh man, let's get down to it. Uh, believe it or not, this is also a good match. Uh, I, I hope you like this match. I know Yoshihashi's in it, and I. Always like, I've always liked him. I know I make fun of him because he's really easy to make fun of. But this is D-Block action. Yoshihashi versus Rackhard. Juice Robinson. And, man, this seemed pretty fast-paced and stuff too. Like, Juice tries to pile drive Yoshihashi onto the floor, but he's moved the uh, the padding out, so it's the wooden floor. But uh, Yoshi... Excuse me. Yoshi turns that into a runner and Juice goes flying into the ring post. It's, excuse me, almost a count. I don't know why I'm got the, I hope it's not the hiccups. This match is really freaking cool. Uh, it, Yoshi, this is the weird thing about this match, and you just watch him. And I, as I was thinking about it, like the commentators mentioned it too, Yoshi has this kind of confidence about him in this match. I'm like, what? Never seen him be so kind of sure of himself. He knows, he's, he knows the finish, that's why. He knows, he, he knows his winning. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude, Yoshi turns uh, Juice Robinson's chest into hamburger meat. It is pretty dang cool. Uh, I love this spot where uh, it's like only a two count and Juice just gets up and shoves Chompy. Mario Sami, who I'm giving another point. So he's now got two points in the G1, in my opinion. He shoves Juice Robinson back. And not only did I blow, blow up, I think you blew up as well. We messaged each other. We're like, Marty, Marty. Everyone on the Twitter's like going, yeah, Marty, fuck yeah. And I'm like, Chompy's not going to chop no more. God damn it. There's a left hand of God on Yoshihashi. Pop freak. No, dragon suplex. I thought that was pretty cool. And Yoshihashi, and it's just a hit karma, but he's not a, you know, he's not too dead that he can't climb over the juice and get on top of him. One, two, three. Yoshihashi would pins Juice Robinson. They're, both men are on two points. Really cool, fast-paced match. Yoshi never looked lost. 
he had a bit of confidence about him, maybe because it's like one of those rare times where you're going to win, Yoshi. Really? And he's got the eyes like uh, like SpongeBob when he goes, really? <laughs> what did you think? It's, this is awesome, man. It's like it's never Spock. You know? Oh this my match. god, I love that you said that and Yoshihashi's in this match. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. But it's all about Juice, man. Juice is the guy that's like, yeah. hey, okay, I'm gonna let you run on me and I'll go flying into a ring post. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So like he's like, okay, it just hit me till my chest starts turning purple, you know. Uh so like he's kind of making some sacrifices to make this a great match. And hey, I appreciate it, you know. Um yeah. I love this. And, and like the part of the story with ref chumpy is that juice gets real mad at chumpy because chumpy won't count. Cause he's juice has the tights. So he like gets pushed, but he goes flying oh, into right. the ropes and like, just, he basically just like hits the ropes and then comes right back and, <laughs> and knocks juice down. <laughs> and that was great. Anytime chumpy gets involved like that and doesn't, doesn't just crumple at the uh, uh, slight breeze, you know, it's a good day. <clears throat> so that was pretty great. It's like, you know, this is a, a never style, you know, uh, heavyweight match. This is what we want. So this is, I was all about it. I'm sad that Juice lost, but man, he's turned into a pretty valuable wrestler in this tournament. Like, look what he's done so far. A lot of great stuff. Pretty happy with him. Uh, I really like this rock hard Juice Robinson. I think it's fantastic. We're seeing another side of him, and he's doing heel shit, and and it works. I, it, it's clicking. His heel turn, I think, is clicking for me. Maybe as much as Tamatonga's face turn is. Uh, it's really cool, and uh, man, really cool match. Speaking of uh, really cool matches, let's go for some uh, some B block action. And you know, I. I kind of kicked off the first two matches. So let's let's go with you, Mr. Andy. What did you think of the Switchblade, Jay White versus Chase Robbins? I nearly said Chase Roberts for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know either. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this is awesome, of course. And so this is fun because, you know, Bullet Club had had the argument before and they're supposedly they went out to dinner and settled it and they got a plan. So Chase Owens, he says he's got money's coming to his way as he comes to the ring. And Jay's playing it up as he comes to the ring. Like, oh, no, man, I sure could lose. He sure is a good wrestler, like that kind of thing. Got to watch out. And he has an envelope for Chase. But Chase wants to count it. But Jay's like, no, 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 we'll just have Abe, the timekeeper, hold on to it. Like, he'll his, it'll be safe there. But Chase walks over and tries to count it. And it's all fake. It's like blank paper. <laughs> And so Jay's like, oh, I definitely put it in there, you know. And so he accuses Abe of stealing it, which is pretty funny. And you know Gato took it. I don't, I can't believe that wasn't the payoff, that they didn't find it on Gato. That would have been great, you know. <laughs> like they just, like he gets involved and somehow it gets knocked out of his pocket and it goes all over the place. That would have been great. But uh, so they, they, they just get a bunch of arguing. And uh, because Chase is supposed to lay down, right? But he doesn't want to do it because he got ripped off. He didn't get paid. So he decides not to. And he decides to use it as a ruse to try to win. And basically the rest of this thing is a match. But it's a match where Jay is like, listen, I don't want to kill you. And then while he's being like, I don't want to kill you. Chase is like, oh, well, I'm going to knee you in the face then. So 
basically chase takes advantage of jay not wanting to kill him and almost wins the match a thousand times and that's the rest of smash <laughs> so and it's pretty fun um because basically they're all these just basic little mini uh you know uh, mini uh, fire-ups and just immediately cut off or distracted for whatever reason and there's there's quite a bit of them so there's all the there you know at the end we get this really neat thing where there's like a uh, a V trigger and then another one and then a package pile driver, but no, it's a styles clash from Chase Owens. Oh my God. He's hitting, he's hitting, goes fucking, <laughs> he's hitting the leader of bullet club with a styles clash. He gets more V triggers, but it's a bullet you know, move, just yeah. A, yeah. Blade runner out of nowhere, of course. And Jay wins and Jay's like, ah, why did, I, did you make me do that? And they like make up on the way out. I, this was another fun twist on the Bullet Club match. What'd you think, Luke? I really loved this. This like I I would have thought like the story's great too because Jay Jay's like, you're in Bullet Club, man, I'm gonna take it easy. And I'm like, why are you making me do this, dude? Fuck you, you're an arguing, you motherfucker. But and but Chase, on the other hand, he's pissed off that he got ripped off with the money. So he's like, fuck you, C-Trigger. Fuck you, another C-Trigger. I'm going to pack his pile drive your ass. And Chase's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Gator only gets up on the apron once just to say, Chase, he's on your team, man. Chill the fuck Don't out. Do other than that, do this. other than that, Gator kind of like climbs down and he stands near the uh, – you know, the en entrance ramp, and he kind of lets the ball club guys sort their shit out, which is uh, kind of cool as well. This is an awesome match, <clears throat> and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but uh, do you think uh, do you think they're all on Team J until J loses the title? Then they'll just fuck him over or something, or am I reading too much into it? Is there just, I don't know. There's always something going on with ball club, isn't there? <laughs> well, I really hope that what's going on Bullet Club isn't a story long line involving the champion and Chase Owens and Gato. Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. We can do better than that, I hope. You know, oh, but I think, you know, I, I think that commentary was really, like, freaking out over the fact that Gato didn't try to stop Chase, like, the second or third time. And it's like, maybe he was thinking about a different spot. Maybe he was supposed to be there. It wasn't, I don't know, but it, I think they are reading into it a little bit too much, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's dissension in bullet club. And this is the very beginning of a big, long story where chase Owens becomes the leader of bullet club and Gato. Here's what happens. All right. So here's what happens. So here it is the big, you know, beat down They're beating Jay white out, you know, and the leader emerges, it's Chase Owens, and we see Gato, he's now his friend, and then the cameraman, he calls the cameraman over, and we see that little stack of money inside of Gato's pocket, and his inside his jacket, he shows it to us, that's where it all started, Luke. All right, now, it's never going to be Chase, you look at Bullet Club right now, El Fantasma, baby. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, if they ever decide to do something like that, but, you know. Yeah, he's, hey, he's in the pipe, but not right now. Look, Jay is partway through a seven-year contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I have to believe at some point, uh, because they, they love him, and so do we, I have to believe that they might give him a face run at some point, but uh, I don't know. I don't think that's necessary either. But, uh, you know, great match, and Switchblade becomes the first man to reach six points in the G1 Climax 32, and uh, Chase is still on two points. All right. 
I actually love the next match, and I love the finish of the next match, which might take some listeners by surprise. I don't know if it took you by surprise when I said it to you, uh, when I said, you know what? I like that finish, and that really made sense, because uh, <laughs> he uses the move I fucking hate. But this is awesome. I think Bad Luck Fale is a really good foil for Okada. Also, when Fale and Okada wrestle, it doesn't feel like the standard Okada match. It can't. It's good, yeah. Because it's Fale and it, it's fucking different. Man, I really love this match, and I see Okada manages to do probably... This might be my favourite one he's done. He does it every match, but this might be my favourite. I don't know if he's done it before. I'm I'm sorry if, if everyone listening to this is like, or you were like, I've seen that before. But he does that air raid crash neck breaker on Farle. It looks fucking amazing. <laughs> amazing. And of course, Akata is softening the big man's neck. Why? Because he's got a fucking finisher that involves using the neck to make people choke out or tap out. And I think everyone who's listened to this podcast for quite a while knows I freaking hate the money clip. I didn't in this match. He's gone for the neck. He he, he kind of earned it too by doing that amazing air raid crash and some other spots where he just fucks Farley's neck up. So by the time he hits that final money clip and Farley taps out, I'm like, yeah, I really like that. Can you use the money clip like that all the time, please? Yes, please. Because, yeah, that's what I want to see. And also what I loved about this match, which I thought was a really nice touch, is you've got a man on commentary who is in this block. So not only is he doing commentary, Filthy's also um, saying things like, oh, I'm going to take note of uh, Farley's neck there because he's got that, you know, nasty knee on the brain and and things like that. And, you know, he can do submissions and shit. And he's also scouting Okada as well. Nice little touch there. Okada is the second person in the G1 Climax to reach six points. And Bar- Bad Luck Farley is no such either. He's on four. Pretty cool match. I liked it. Holy shit. <laughs> what do you think? These guys always have a good match. It's always good. And it's like yeah. their rivalry goes back years. And so, you know, it's like, man, Fale's had a couple title matches versus Okada, and he always loses them. But, man, they're always like it, I, Okada always makes Fale look like a threat. And we always get cool spots. And so, like, uh, Fale was trying to, like, kill Okada's back because that's, you know, Okada's got the back problem. And he's like, oh, well, Fale's big, so that's a good idea. And, you know, he, when he hits the air raid crash thing, it's like that's a big part of the match because he's kind of overcoming the back pain. So he's selling his back in between all the moves, but that was, like, a big fire-up thing for him that was pretty cool. And uh, I really, really enjoyed that. I also just enjoyed the teasing of giant spots. Like they teased the fucking bad luck fall on the floor. You know, that's fun. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, do it, do it. But they didn't do it. <laughs> um, there is also like, you know, um, Okada goes in for a Rainmaker. Boom, picks him up for Samoan drop uh, for a cool double down. And then like they're running the ropes and shit. And then Folly hits a huge spear coming off the ropes. And like, there's just cool shit in that in there that you don't get to see typically out of, uh, out of Folly. So I really enjoyed this. This is the fourth tremendous singles match in a row. Will we get five? Uh, spoiler alert. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got C block action. Now it is Tetsu Unito versus Evan. <clears throat> and I'll I'll throw to you for this one. What did you think of Naito versus Evil? Okay. Wow. All right. So a lot happens in this match. So let's let's try to try to see if we can get through this. So Evil tries to win before Naito can even take a suit off. He just like beats him up, you know. So Naito whips him into the barricade. Then he takes a suit off, you know. Uh, Naito plays mind games with Evil, and we get mind turnbuckle games. shenanigans. And Evil takes over finally. He hits a uh, he hits a home run with the chair neck thing, and uh, it goes pretty far. It was over the fence. I saw it. Evil works over Naito's knee a little bit. So Naito comes back. It's like, fuck my leg. No, fuck your leg. And Evil tries to use a chair on Naito. So Naito's just like, fuck you. And he hits him with a chair. And then Naito hits a home run that goes out of the park. It didn't just go out of the, over the fence. It was over the out of the park. It was amazing. I love that. They do the Abe spot twice where they knock the announcer down. Um, and through the entire match, there's this really neat thing happening, which I just... I've seen it happen before, but not as like relentlessly is that Dick Togo is looming. And anytime it's like Boo Ridley or Boo from, from uh, fucking Mario games where like, when you're looking at him, he stops. But then when you, you turn around, <laughs> he starts moving towards you. That's what Dick Togo's doing to Naito the whole match. And it's really, really kind of scary at times. It's, it's pretty good. I really enjoyed that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Evil gets more heat on Naito, and he gets a Scorpion Deathlock for a rope break spot. We get Darkness Falls for two. Evil lariats Naito out of the damn ring. <laughs> Naito's, like, sitting on the top rope, and bam, he lariats him out of the ring. That was tremendous. Uh, Dick sets up a table on the outside while Red Shoes is get, getting the Iggy from Naito, which Kevin Kelly says, oh, he's getting the Iggy. Like, why are you saying that? Don't say that. So, that was weird. So then we get this amazing spot. That's one of the spots of the match, which is just a standard Irish whip into the uh, into the barricade. But, uh, you know, evil usually takes those uh, chests first and he does it this time, but just hits the barricades going 100 miles an hour and flips over them, kicking a barricade that knocks into the fans. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was yeah. so cool. Um, that was an incredible bump. So we get elbows over and over and over from Naito. There's a Destino from two. There's a chump bump and a low blow from Evil. Evil Dick set up for the magic killer through the table from the apron. But there's a Canadian low blow from Naito. And it, there's this really, really scary spot. So basically, Naito picks uh, 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 Evil up for the pile driver to go through the table from the apron. But he doesn't quite get him. So instead of just setting him down to retry, he just kind of like muscles him up and just is like, fuck it, we're going. And it is terrifying. <laughs> so, Very terrifying. So, pile driver threw a fucking table on the outside. Amazing. Uh, back in the ring, though, there's an Esperanza and Naito tries Destino, but Evil pushes him into the turnbuckle that exposed. Uh, Naito's back's already bleeding from the table. So that's not good. There's a Destino, but no, a huge Lariat for Evil for two. All kinds of fun at the end here. There's a two Tornado DDT off of Dick Togo from Naito. Valencia and Destino. Naito wins. 
tremendous match and what a night one of the best g1 nights so far i love this night i love this match i think everyone knows i'm a bit of an evil guy but you know i i kind of went into this knowing who's gonna lose so i set my expectations accordingly evil does the chair spot in front of the ref you know the baseball chair so when naito does it dick togo's like red shoes red shoes red shoes red shoes look over there over there and red shoes is like you know what fucking evil did it chomp me out I'm going to put my hand over my ears. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I've got my back to it. Baseball chair spot. Fucking awesome. Yeah, and you're right. Dick Togu looming in every spot. And I kind of, look, I, I, I don't think anyone could be too mad at the House of Tortury stuff this time because it was just Dick Togu. It wasn't lights off, here's show, lights off, here's your Jiro, all this kind of stuff. And I kind of like that. This was a super big match. It was all like kind of all action and i love that evil gets goes through the table but when they get back into the ring <laughs> naito's back's all cut up bloody yeah. like, look um naito i love you dude you're an awesome wrestler but you're a crazy son of a bitch please don't die or get injured, well please. he kind of had to do it that way because of how yeah. slippery they were they should have just been like here let me set you down and we'll do this again but he was like fuck it we're going here we go you ready? Come on, Evil. Don't worry, man. I'll take care of you. And he, oh, we did. And uh, he's back paid the price. But yeah, action-packed, awesome match. I do like uh, that Naito at one point gets a move onto Evil by uh, grabbing onto Evil and then uh, you know running onto the ropes and doing and uh, flipping over of, of uh, Dick Togo as well. All sorts of cool shit like that. Uh, you know, Naito's ring awareness is pretty fucking awesome in this. These two have amazing chemistry as opponents. Uh, so, you know what? I don't regret Mr. Evil leaving to do other things. Another thing I really liked about this match is I find the English commentary, and I guess everyone has a tendency to shit on Evil and the House of Torture. Tom Lawler, though, is just like, uh, dudes... Evil's the first, like, triple champion in New Japan history. Like, this guy's a threat. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lawler. You're making me like you, and uh, that's a good thing because we want to like you. So, uh, nice touch. He's pretty decent on commentary, I'm going to have to say. Like, uh, I liked it. Uh, it. Like, Kevin Kelly built him up as someone who's got, like, a lot of wrestling experience and knows his shit. And it turns out when he's on commentary, guess what? He knows his shit. There's some story stuff that he doesn't quite know and Kevin corrects him on, but there's other stuff he does know and, and pick up on. And, you know, I thought it was really cool. Really cool match. Awesome finish. Awesome fucking night of the G1. Naito's on two points. Evil also on two points. You know, if I was if I didn't quite vibe with the previous night, oh, this night was for me. And that's what I love about New Japan. You know? I, don't, I can't vibe with everything. Like, it's impossible. There's a lot of wrestling to watch and all that. That's fine. But I always, always know, I always know, no matter how I feel um, about New Japan, they, they're going to pull out a show that does vibe with me and make and clicks, and I'm just like, fuck, I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, <laughs> that was tonight. So that's it. And before we go towards the conclusion I did write uh, some notes of the G1 Climax 32. So my thoughts on uh, my experiences uh, watching it now, don't worry, they're not super detailed or anything like that, but I just want to bring them up to you and uh, see what you think. I haven't really typed any of these out for you, but 
All right. A lot, I understand why there's four blocks. This has been the year of injuries, a four blocks of seven. So odd number means a wrestler will have a buy. Uh, so they'll have that extra bit of break so they can heal up and get better. I understand that. So I just want to get that out of the way because, good, look after your talent. They deserve to be looked after because they're putting out bangers well, like we just had on this night. There's but also, also the, the COVID, you know, bug and, looming, you know, so that's the other reason they are having to do it this way. Of course. But I also want to point out that the heavies look like complete wimps compared to the juniors. And I want to say that because I watched the best of super juniors and yeah, they had previews for some point. And then, you know what they did for most of the second half of the G, uh, sorry, best of super juniors it was all block matches and they all looked like bad ass motherfuckers. So, you know, I'm just going to point that out. Uh, another thing. All right. We've got a fad happening in New, New Japan. Sometimes I like it. Other times I'm just like, right, we're doing it too much now. And it's roll-up finishes. Everyone's got a pin finisher now, it seems. Not Tanahashi. It's established that, like, he'll pull out a school mile roll pin to outwit his opponents. That's fine. But everyone in LIJ, except maybe Bushi, has their own little pin. Everyone seems to have a uh, has got one, all this kind of stuff. Roll-up finishes. And I tell you what, my favorite of those pin moves, and it never gets the one, two, three, is Recitamente. So yeah. I'm putting you over, Wato. There you go. Recitamente is my favorite one of those pin finishes. Uh, it's happening a little too much. Like, I know New Japan has fads and things like that. It's fine. I'm also frustrated sometimes with these tag matches. Now, some of these tag matches often don't have any previews. And fuck me. I want to like Jonah Bad Dude Tito, Tom Malala, and Royce Isaacs. And I know their last tag match was the best. Make it stop. And I did look at the next few nights. All right, they're wrestling other people. Thank you. Uh, and I also want to mean, then my final point I think I might want to mention is with less people in the blocks, I find at some points it's easier to predict who might win a match. Not every match. Uh, I want to preface that by saying if it's a match between people i know won't win the g1 say yoshihashi and juice robinson i know all right that match could go either way all that kind of stuff but when you start off because everyone's only going to have six tournament matches right because there's only seven men in every block my problem is like all right naito's on zero and evil's got points if naito loses three matches he's only got three matches left and he can only get a total of six points so even me, who's absolutely abysmal at fucking maths, could be like, oh, and I don't, and that's a little frustrating for me because I'm like, I don't want to feel like I can do math good <laughs> with this G1. So there is that at points with the big guys, especially like in Okada or Naito, you know, the J, the big stars, I can kind of predict, predict the things a little easier. That's fine. <clears throat> Another thing, then my final point, and hopefully I'm not sounding like I'm shitting on this G1. I really don't want to come across that way. But it's some at sometimes I feel it's a bit of a momentum killer for some wrestlers because it'll be too long between their matches or you get excited to see their matches and they see them drop out. And it just feels kind of frustrating to me uh, uh, sometimes because 
you know, it's night nine of the G1 and some people have only had like one match or two matches and things like that. By now, you, you'd think you'd have to have three or four and things like that. So I just wanted to point out those things. I I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is I kind of prefer two blocks. I understand why they're not doing that. And I respect that. Absolutely. But, you know, I've got a, got a couple of frustration issues. Nothing that's going to stop me from watching a night like we just watched and being like, oh, fuck, I love the G1 and I love putting New Japan Pro Wrestling. But I'd be remiss if I, you know, at least didn't at least voice some of these. What did you think? Do you think uh, I'm just being a grumpy shit or stuff, stuff, stuff like that? But uh, I don't, you know, I love it. I'm loving what I'm seeing, but I got issues here and there. Well, I think that you said a lot there, and I don't, you know, I Sorry. guess I'll have to choose what to respond to. But I, you know, I think that one of New Japan's problems. And it's the problem that every pro wrestling company has is that everything has to be bigger. So, you know, nothing's ever going to stay the same. And I think that what is to me, that's a weakness of new Japan, but I think to other people that might be a strength. And so like, I have to realize that I really enjoy the old traditional two block, right? I don't want that to change. Mm -hmm. I want that always to be the same, right? But it's not going to be the same shit's going to change. And and the fact that they go from two blocks to four shows you that, you know, it's, everything's going to be bigger every year. It's always got to be bigger. And so that's something that is just going to may hurt new Japan and, in some people's eyes a little bit, but at the same time, I mean, we got to give this a chance here. I mean, we're only nine shows into the, you know, we're, we're about halfway through uh, this and, and, you know, we, we don't quite, because it's not like a, I don't know. Sometimes the the G1 will kind of have like a four or five day kind of rhythm to it. You know what I mean? And this doesn't have that same kind of rhythm. It doesn't seem to have much of a rhythm at all as far as like which which matches are coming up, you know. But at the same time, I alleviate all these problems you talk about by just not ever looking at what the next match is really or paying any attention to how many points people have, because I, I honestly don't care who wins most of the matches anyway, but when I'm watching them, I, that's not what I'm thinking about. You know, I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to be in the moment and enjoy the match for what it is. You know, if there's stuff from the outside that of course that, you know, will play into the, you know, the storylines, but I try not to think about, you know, all the like analytics stuff because it just spoils the fun for me. <laughs> I get your point. I really like uh, what you said about the the rhythm of things. Uh, I think that's a, a better way of putting it than the way I did. Like it kills momentum. Doesn't necessarily kill the moment. But yeah, I yeah, thank you. So yeah, you know, am I loving the gym one? Yeah, sure. Uh, is it perfect? No, no, no got a couple of frustrations here and there is it spoiling the g1 for me fuck no did you did everyone see like night nine yeah it was awesome so you know i can't complain too much and i understand why they're doing it i and i, and I respect that what do you think about the pin finishy finisher fad i i just like anything in wrestling it's like hey do you like it? Okay, cool. Then love it as much as you can because it'll change. <laughs> if you don't like it, then ah, don't worry about it. It'll change. I, it'll I don't change. really have, you know, I don't really have an opinion on it, but I mean, it wasn't that long ago that everybody was hitting cutters. You know, it wasn't that long yeah. ago that the insiguri was the most popular move in wrestling. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's 
things change all the time. And if that's like a little fad they want to do for a while, okay, cool. It's a new way to do a false finish that will be believable. So I like that. You know what I mean? Because that's a believable finish. That's a believable fa- false finish for anybody. You know, I feel like and, I feel like except for Wato though. A lot of well, people are yeah. winning with those kind of things. And sometimes, and look, after a while, I'm just like, all right, cool. You've got these roll-up finishes. But it's a G1. Get some fucking definitive wins up in here, please. <laughs> are, I mean, people are getting wins. You know, I mean, we got we got some pretty de- – I mean, Naito got a definitive win. Oh, yeah. We got uh, Okada won with his – you know, one of his There were finishers. two roll-up finishes in the previous night. And I'm just like, well, do we need two of them? Yeah, I understand. You know, I think the one that pissed you off was the Tanahashi's X Saber. <laughs> hey, do you remember when Great Khan did a moonsault in that match at Burgess? That shit was yes. amazing. He can do everything, <laughs> can't like, like, he? Oh, my God. Really that was amazing. So, yeah, I wanted to save that uh, to the end because uh, I didn't want to break our rhythm. Of talking about uh, these two nights of the G1, and I just wanted to mention them and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So you know, Yoshihashi uh, beat Juice with Karma. Remember that, uh, that dude? Cool. Yoshihashi had a match you called Never as Fuck, and it's yeah. on. And I know you could probably edit that out, but you probably won't. So right. that is on record, everybody. Hear that, because that's probably the only time we might have that happening, where yeah. where uh, Mr. Guy's like. Wow, Yoshihashi had a banger that was never as fuck. Holy shit. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely wouldn't use the B word. So, <laughs> you never use that word. That's, uh, that's something I That's all right. It's okay. We're allowed to be different. That's what makes well, yeah. difference is the spice of the life or something. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So, unless you have uh, anything else that you might wish to add. Yeah, I do want to mention that, uh, you know, just like I was talking about how I don't want to know what's coming up, uh, Ishii and Great O'Connor wrestling on Tuesday. (laughs) And uh, you also got uh, uh, Goto versus Kenta in the fishing pole and Finley versus Will. So that'll be, it's going to be a good show. Pretty happy about that. It it sure is. Uh, Lola Yano might be uh, quite a fun time. Tamatonga Sonata is going to be a hundred miles an hour. You just know it is. And the main event will be, well, it's the US title kind of match. It's Finley versus Osprey. So Tuesday night's going to be good. And then we get a few days off. So I don't know. Maybe we'll eventually. I don't know if we'll just talk about that show in the next episode or we'll wait till the Friday one's happening. I don't know. Whenever we uh, want to record is when we record. God damn it. It's just how we roll. And uh, just to finish it off here, in Gator, we trust. Go Dolphins. I don't want to take anything away from Yoshihashi. He is, and forever will be, Ichiban's sweet boy. He's a sweet, sweet, sweet boy. He's a sweet, sweet, sweet boy.